Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. This is Patty Lennon, your host. And if you are just finding this and not having seen what I've posted in on my website or and social media, I want to make it clear that what's going on in the world right now is is affecting me deeply. I am outraged at so many events, the death of Mr. Floyd, but beyond that, just everything that's going on. And where it's left me is wondering for myself, how could I have been so blind to the pain? How could I have been so blind to the oppression? How could I have been so blind to what was right in front of my face. And the request from my friends and from black leaders I've followed has been, you know, don't center this story around us white people. And I and I just want to say this is not my goal with this podcast. My goal is to really tell you how I've been navigating conversations, comments, what's going on inside of me in the hopes of if you are white and you are facing the conflict, the deep conflict of why you haven't shown up in a different way up until now, or you're struggling with the incredible pain and shame and guilt that's coming up in you now that that maybe there'll be some tools inside of here that will help. So what I found is that you know, it's important to go back to our original tools, the tools, you know, the very core of what's true, which is the breath, right? The breath is about balance. What we're seeing right now, what I'm seeing right now is that there was in deep, deep, deep imbalance in the oppression and the racism that exists in our systems. And I did not see it or I ignored it. And most definitely I didn't do what I needed to do to change it. Right. And so when we look to the breath, breath is what teaches us what will bring balance. Believe me, I am the person that needs to be reminded to breathe. You know, when I step into a yoga class or a meditation, you know, and the, the instructor starts to guide us on breathing, I'm, I, I'm always the shallow breather. As much as I teach this, I need this. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, that this is something that's easy to do. But what happens with breath is breath forces us to stay what is happening in, stay with what's happening in our bodies. And what I found was just because the shame and the guilt were coming up was that there was a deep desire to escape them. And yet they are the emotions or the feelings that are first false, meaning they don't have true answers. There is a reason that I feel ashamed. There is a reason I feel guilty, but ultimately the shame and the guilt doesn't actually give me helpful answers to become who I want to be, to act as a full ally, to take action in a way that's fully supportive because at their nature, shame and guilt are built on fear. 
And any action taken in fear rarely produces the results that the same action when connected to love can produce. And so part of my work has been to get to a place of love, to take action from a place of love, from a place of responsibility, from a place of understanding that every human is equal, which I truly, truly believe. I've always believed that. And yet what I've done hasn't always represented that. And that is shameful, right? And so allowing that emotion to come up and breathe into it then allows you to clear it and get underneath what's there, which is, I could have done better. Now I can see where I can do better. And then taking action from there. And of course, in that is the requirement of forgiveness of ourselves. And in all the work I've done on myself and with my clients, especially with learning how to receive, right? Learning how to receive goodness into our lives, almost always the thing that keeps that goodness away. And I think it's going to keep it away from from our world if we don't address this is that we reject parts of ourselves. And so right now you may be wanting to reject, and I say this to other white people, you may be wanting to reject the part of you that allowed oppression and racism to exist because it's hard for you to see that because you identified as a good person and you've worked really hard to be good. You've worked really hard to be kind. And so that's an identity that you feel good about. And this other part of you that allowed this to go on, that turned a blind eye, that maybe even worse participated, actively participated in racism and oppression, you want to reject that right now. And I say that you, I'm telling you me, you know, I wanted to reject it. Just natural instinct is to reject what we don't like about ourselves, right? But unless we invite that part of us in and forgive it, we can't heal it. We can't release it. And if we don't release it, it keeps having power. It keeps having power in the world. And we have to do that work. At the same time, taking care of our Black friends, taking care of the people out there who who need our attention and need our focus, need our support, need our resources directed. Both can happen. For me, they need to happen because I've learned, I've learned through the years, the actions I take from fear, from guilt, from shame, they don't, they don't create the kind of ripples that the, when I dig down and clear out the gunk and get to a place of deep love, the deep love I have in my heart, that's true. When I get to that part, that's the part of me that has the answers that will make the difference. I've seen a few people comment, people I know personally comment about that this country, and I'm talking about the states because that's where I'm in, you know, is is broken and it's just being destroyed and it's this and it's that. And the thing is, that's not what I'm seeing. That is not what I'm seeing. What I'm seeing is we are in a death and rebirth cycle. And it's one that's been, it's taken too long. There are parts of our country that need to die. Systemic racism needs to die so that something better can be born. But 
Death is messy and birth is messy. Every form of death and rebirth is messy. That's why we, re- we resist change so much is because we don't like things to be messy. Messy is chaotic. Messy is confusing. Messy feels hard because we don't know how it's all going to shake out. And we don't. You know, one of the things I had to get to in my own heart was to accept that something might be taken away from me that I really care about. No, I'm not, I don't have a specific thing in mind, but we really need to understand that. Yeah, we may lose some things that we, we really like, that we really love even to make space for equality and inclusion and diversity. We have to surrender into that. That's part of the mess. That's part of the chaos. We have to be willing. I have to be willing. So what we're seeing right now in this country, at least from my hardcore optimistic self, my spiritual self is a rebirth, you know, a birth of something so much better, so much more aligned with the divine. And that doesn't mean that we use that or that I use that to spiritually bypass what's happening. I don't use that to spiritually bypass my role in this. I don't use that to spiritually bypass the discomfort, right? Spiritual bypassing is when we take a spiritual tenant or a spiritual tool and try and leapfrog over the pain to get to the destination. You know, I saw someone criticize for this and rightfully so that, you know, said that, well, George Floyd sacrificed his life to bring this to be. And when we say things like that, that's spiritual bypassing. That's making, that's blessing something that was terrible and violent. And, and it's trying to get to a place where we can find some higher ground around a terrible thing that happened, that a, a true death. That's not what the divine asks us. When we have, when we access spiritual tools, when we learn them along our path, it is not so we get to, you know, this is not like shoots and ladders where you got, where you suddenly got a ladder where you got to skip a couple of less levels. That's not what this is. This is understanding that George Floyd was a soul and he felt. And if there was any role, any higher role, it was for us, then we should use it to understand that that was avoidable, that he was a soul. And had we acted sooner, he would not have had to endure that pain. And that's what we're being called to. You know, this rage, this rage that's out there, rage is a good thing. You know, that's, I've, often talked about, you know, how anger isn't healthy and you really want to get to the heart of what's going on with anger because anger is usually fear expressed violently, right? And you have to get to what's the fear so that then you can figure it out and, and get to the healing. Rage is something different. Rage is when what your soul knows to be right and good is violated completely violated by what is and your soul rises up in such strength that what you feel is rage and the point of it is to take action and so i'm not suggesting that 
that we simply sit and heal and, and stay with our shame and guilt. If rage is present for you, like it is for me, there's a reason we are being asked to take action, but you have to breathe through your shame and breathe through your guilt to find what specific action you are being asked to take. Or at least that's where I'm going with it. Because not all of us come with the same gifts. Not all of us come with the same resources. That's what makes humanity diverse. And so we need to figure out what is our gift? What are our resources that we can continue to give and be in relationship with? You know, I think there was a deep desire to put money against causes. And I think that's good because where you flow money, you flow power. And I think that's good. We want to flow money, power to organizations that are on the front lines of this particular fight for sure. But that can be reactive, right? When we give, you know, a one-time hit to something. Really, for me at least, I'm I'm looking at beyond that, where who's the organization that I can partner with financially on an ongoing basis of sustainable support? Because that that's love, right? That's power. That's saying, I am in relationship with you. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to hear what you're doing. I'm going to see what I can share with people I know. And I'm going to continue the flow of this resource of money to you, right? And then just like when something new is born, this new equality that is getting ready to be born, that it's nurtured with with sustained effort and and only love can nurture something with sustained effort fear is reactive fear is quick jolts of things but love love can sustain love can sustain long term and for you to stay in that relationship with love with an organization with a movement with people in order for that love to flow fully it has to flow fully to you you to you which means you got to forgive yourself. And that's hard work. It is hard work because for you to forgive yourself, I'm speaking for myself, for me to forgive myself, I have to fully become conscious with what needs to be forgiven. I have to be fully conscious with what I have done, either in my action or inaction. That's hard, right? But labor pains are hard, right? When, when a, when a woman is birthing a child, right? Those labor pains are hard. It doesn't mean something is going wrong. It means that the contraction is helping move things along. And that contraction guides us when to take action, when to push and when to rest, right? So that we can have sustained interaction with that process, sustained power through that process. I think the question that has been on my heart that has also given me hope through all of this. And I have so much hope, but the thing that's keeping me hopeful inside of all of this is the thing I've asked is why can I suddenly see, why can I suddenly see the role I've played in this? Why can I suddenly see the pain and the, the inequality and the oppression so clearly in a way I didn't before? Because I was I have been interacting with the concept of white privilege for a few years now when it was brought to my attention. I have been taking action that I would have considered to be anti-racist. I I have not been unconscious to this. And yet suddenly it was like I woke up and saw something so horrific that I could not see before. Why? And 
the question started with trying to understand myself, why I had been blind to it. And, and I don't have an answer to it. I haven't been able to figure it out except to say something is guiding us. A divine force is guiding us to wake up. And it, and that does give me hope because I believe that that same force can guide us individually in our actions, can guide us to our own right path on this, can guide us to our healing, not from a selfish standpoint, but from a place of understanding it's from that fully healed place, the, the clearing the racism and the oppression that we were willing to bring into the world, healing that within ourselves heals it by extension and then offers us the opportunity to act in a fully anti-racist way, in a way that is fully helpful. That's where I am right now. That's where I'm sitting within. I hope something I've offered you is helpful if you're white. If you are black, I just hope that if you listened through this, that this didn't feel as if I was trying to center this on myself, because it's not my goal. My goal is to actively participate, be an ally. But I just know that even in the process of me doing that, me having the hard conversations with the other white people I know that, you know, are putting things out on social media that they're, they don't understand that I can now see is wrong. And having conversations in my family, tough conversations, sharing information with, that other black leaders share with me, just understand that I know for me to fully rise up and be the ally that I need to be, that I've got to clear this shit. I really got to clear this shit as well. And to you, if you are a non-black person of color, just understand, I know there's work I got to do there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me on this journey. And uh, I'm going to put a link to a Facebook live I did about a week and a half ago that has a number of resources in it that black leaders have shared with me. And it also shares my original reaction when protests start to break out and, you know, the outrage I felt, I want to make it clear where I stand on that, that that has always been my stand. Thank you for staying with me through this. Uh, I want to open up the conversation. If something I said helped and you want more information or you just want to share it with me, feel free to email me. If something I've said has harmed, if anything I have done here on this platform or any platform has caused you harm, I am listening. You can email me patty, P-A-T-T-Y at pattylennon.com. I send you my love. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people. And it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.